Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. If you've been with us for a few weeks now, you know that we've been in a, uh, a series that we titled Jesus People. And it's a bit of a wink and a nod to what God did back in the 70s in this area with all the Jesus people, the Jesus people movement that literally went around the world. Uh, but it's more than that. It's, it's that we feel as followers of Christ that we too are Jesus people. And I don't just want to read about something God did do. I want to be part of what he is doing and is going to do. And so that's been the heartbeat of we've jumped into this message. And last week we, we unpacked and we took, took a look at the power of healing. And this, this morning's message is going to kind of dovetail that a little bit, but we're going to really hone in on the believer's authority and the power that you have available to you as followers of Christ. And uh, it's said of this about Jesus, says in Acts 4.12, it says, There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There's no other name under heaven by, you, by us being saved. Uh, you know, I find it interesting that when people, you know, people stub their toe or they're, they'll be hammering something and they'll hammer their thumb on accident, they don't yell out Buddha. They don't go, oh, Buddha. They don't go, oh, Muhammad, you did it again. You no, know, what do they do? They yell out Jesus, the name that's above every name, and the whole world is trying to pull that name down because there's so much power in the name of Jesus. That song that we sang this morning, Jesus Paid It All, it's not just a song with some great lyrics. No, he literally paid it all. There's no way you get, to, you don't get to heaven by your good works. I was raised Catholic, all right? And for some reason, I had in my mind that if I just did enough good things to outweigh the bad things, I'd be getting my get out of jail free card and getting into heaven. But that's not the way, you don't get the ticket to ride like that. The way you get the ticket to ride to get to heaven is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way, according to the scriptures, the only way. Acts 10, 38 says this of Jesus, says God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Side note, by the way, caveat, there was a, a man who really lived named Jesus. He lived 2,000 years ago in this area. He grew up in an area of Nazareth and uh, he ministered primarily in that area and then in the area of Galilee until he was 33 and a half years old. And then at that time, he died a death on the cross. That's why the cross is in the church today. And it's an empty cross because there's also an empty grave. Jesus hung on the cross, but if you left him there, then he wouldn't have the power to overcome the grave. And he overcame the grave for all of us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil, because God was with him. And uh, my prayer today is that God would be with us. And we just wanna invite Jesus into this moment that we have today. And so I just wanna encourage you uh, to lean in with us. I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna dive into the word, all right? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can gather together. God, we thank you that we live in a free country. God, we thank you that your, your spirit is here. God, thank you for all that you're doing in the earth and that we're alive to be part of it. And God, I pray that you would now just uh, speak through the teaching and the preaching of your word. God, I pray that the word would go forth with power in Jesus' name. I pray for a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit today, God. And I pray for those that are here today that, that may be searching, maybe reaching out to you. They, maybe they have a little 
little bit of a relationship with you. They want to go deeper. God, I pray that they would go deeper. And I pray in the middle of the sermon, God, that beyond my words, that your word would ring in their hearts and that you would remind them how much you love them, how much you care for them, and have you have the plan for their lives. And so, Lord, we're asking you to breathe on this word. Speak to us, God. Show us things we've never seen before. I pray you'd give us eyes to see and ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, our key text today is going to be found out of the Gospel of Mark. Um, if you're new to church, there's, there's basically, there's four books within the Bible. The Bible is one big book. Within the book, there's four books specifically that we call the Gospels that outline uh, the life of Jesus. So there's four different accounts, four, four different viewpoints, if you will, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they all kind of interweave this incredible story of Jesus, the man who lived for 33 and a half years, roughly 2,000 days, only about 1,100 of those days we have recorded, and this is one of the stories, the historical accounts that we have recorded in the Bible. It's in Mark chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, if you don't have your Bible, good news, I brought you one. We got a big one right here on the screen. Thank you to a, a, a awesome Black Friday special back in 2020 when we launched our church. We got these awesome, awesome Bibles. All right, Mark chapter two, verse one. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no room, even outside the door. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man down on his mat right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? Which is easier? Verse 10, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home, brother. And the man jumped up, he grabbed his mat, and he walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Everywhere Jesus went, a mob started to follow him because they, a lot of them, most of them were there for the show. They were like, people are getting healed, this is bananas. Like blind eyes are being opened, uh, deaf ears are, people are hearing, people that were lame started to walk, a dude that had leprosy, this skin disease, got just um, miraculously healed. So a lot of people came out for the show and it actually says in, in one of the chapters, it says that because of the many miracles they believed. And so Jesus had this incredible way of not only proclaiming the kingdom of God, preaching, teaching the word, which he just did, but also demonstrating it. And he, he showed us that it, there's the proclamation, but there's also the demonstration. And, and for us as a Western church culture, it would be very prideful if we were to say that we can convince that people that Jesus really lived, died, and rose from the, again, uh, from, from the dead 
without a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't even do that. He didn't, even, he didn't just do it with his words. No, he demonstrated it with the power of the Holy Spirit. He demonstrated it with his love. And so we as believers, we have this authority. And I, I love this historical account. I mean, can, if you could just picture as we were reading that text today. So here's Jesus, and he's at, he's at a house. Some theologians thought it was Peter's house, but he's at a house, and he's there, and he's, he's teaching them the word. And there's a massive crowd because everybody's here and Jesus is back in town. People saw the Instagram story and they're like, he's back. And so they run over to the house and they're sitting there. There was an Instagram back then. They're sitting there with Jesus and they're listening to him intently. And so these four guys have a friend that's paralyzed. And somewhere, we don't know the backstory of that conversation, but I gotta believe the paralyzed man was like, hey guys, I hear that Jesus is coming into town. If I could just get near him, I, I think he could heal me. And I heard about him heal, healing this, this man that was lame at the pool of Bethesda. I heard about that story. Guys, could you take me? I mean, maybe there was something like that, or it was maybe the guys, all of his buddies were like, bro, Jesus is here, we're gonna take you. And they just start dragging this guy, whatever the case, these four guys grab this man, carry him over to Jesus, and they're, they're there outside of the house. It'd be like, here we are inside, and there's so many people that they can't get in. And Jesus is teaching. They're, 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 they were the guys that were late for worship. <laughs> they were the guys that were, they were late for Jesus' message. They, they weren't even there when he started speaking. And right in the middle of his speaking, they show up and they're like, is this the church? What time do you get? Okay, cool. Do you, is that, I think that's, that's Jesus. That's, what, that's him. That's him. Yes, he's here. He's here. It's Jesus, that's Jesus. Yeah, and they're here and they're trying to hear the words and they're like, oh man, forget this. And then one of them has this idea. And they're like, you know, paralyzed Pete, whatever his name was. Bro, this is gonna sound crazy, but what if we climbed up on the roof and we, we somehow got you up there, <laughs> pulled you up, and Pete's like, yeah? What are we gonna do then? We're gonna dig through the guy's roof. Whoever owns this, we're just gonna destroy his roof? It's gonna be awesome? Did you bring a saw? No, I, no, we're just gonna dig. Okay, cool, great, great plan. So we're just gonna destroy this guy's roof and we're gonna lower you down. You're gonna lower me from the ceiling? Yeah, we're gonna lower you down from the ceiling. He said, okay. And we're just gonna place you right at Jesus' feet. Sound like a plan? Nailed it, right? And so they're like, okay, let's do this. And so they bring this guy up, you know? And they're like, all right. I mean, they're, they're kind of like, bro, if we drop you, what's the worst that can happen? You're already paralyzed. Like, I, that's probably, you know? I know that sounds horrible. But I'm sure there's, you know, if that was me, I'd have the conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right, you know? You know? Don't drop me on my head, okay, you know? So they lower this guy down, and he's there. I mean, could you just imagine it? And Jesus is, is teaching, he's preaching, and all of a sudden there's this, you know? And what? Sorry about your roof, Peter. You know, what are you gonna do? And he looks at the man and he looks at the friends. He's like, they were hungry for this. They're serious about this. They're not just playing church. They're really hungry. They really desire something. And he looks at the man and he says, because of this, your sins are forgiven. I mean, think about that. And that comment Jesus knew what he was doing. He didn't just say things, right? He had a purpose. He only said and did what the Father told him to say and do. So he says, your sins are forgiven. And then the religious people are like, 
that's blasphemy, you know? And it's like, he's like, okay, just so you know that I have power over sin and I also have authority to heal people, pick up your mat and walk. And, I, and the guy gets up and walks out. That level of desperation, it, it was one of those moments where you just gotta go all in. And there's people here today that are gonna be baptized and they're deciding to go all in for Jesus. And, and I'm sure, just like that man was probably a little nervous with his friends lowering him down in front of Jesus, I'm sure for some of you that are being baptized today, there's, there's some butterflies. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And you step past that. I remember years ago I went uh, cliff jumping. If you've never been cliff jumping, we went, I went cliff jumping with a buddy of mine uh, over at the gorge in this beautiful river. And it was like 80 feet up in the air. And you'd come and you'd look down and you, you knew your, your, your heart would give out, you know. And, and then you were just, I was just like, you know what, we just gotta run and do it. If I think too much about it, my brain is gonna convince me out of this moment, right? And so then you just run and you just jump off the cliff, literally, into the water, right? There's times in faith, it's gonna feel like you're cliff jumping. You're like, what am I doing? I'm being lowered down from the ceiling, you know? <laughs> you know, there's gonna be times when your journey with faith that it's gonna feel like, I don't know if I'm really ready for this. Yeah, you're ready. God's calling you. He's calling you up and he's calling you out. And if you're here today, I believe that God placed, you know, you might have had this on your calendar for 24 hours or 48 hours to join us this morning, you know. But God had this date on your calendar since you were born, since he formed you. He knew that there would be a moment in time where your heart would be ready, that you'd be surrounded by people that love you, and today would be your day. And he's, he's calling you home. He's calling us home. So let me talk to you a little bit about uh, the, 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 the believer's authority that we have. Here at Authentic Church, we have a culture card. And one of our culture, our core values as a church is faith. And we say it this way, let's move mountains, right? I don't want to just like walk through life and never like go all in, like never like go for it. Like I wanted to go all in for Jesus. And so our, our, our heartbeat with faith is let's move some mountains. We pray big prayers and we believe for God-sized results. Nothing is impossible when we activate our faith. And that's what happens when you and I as believers in Christ, when we activate that authority that God's placed within us, you begin to see miracles. You begin to affect people in such a way that they're gonna trust you <laughs> with you bringing them to a place where they're gonna receive Jesus. And uh, Jesus said this in John 5, 19. He said, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said this. He said, all authority is be given to me. He has authority. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but have you ever been placed in a position where you were given authority, but you're like, I don't know that they really know I have authority, all right? You know, like maybe you were promoted at a job, and so like you were a peer, and now you're the boss, and it's like they don't really treat you like you got authority, and you're like, please don't make me use my power of authority over you. Will you just be on time to work tomorrow, please? You know, like maybe you're a position of authority. Like I know there's friends of ours that are teachers and there's some days you feel like you're the authority. <laughs> and then there's other days where you're like, I don't know who is the authority. These kids are crazy, you know? And you know, a friend of mine is a, is a police officer with Los Angeles PD 
And, uh, you know, he may not, not every day does he walk onto the job feeling like he's got power and authority. But he's got a badge and a gun that tells him otherwise. He's got a badge and a gun that tells you and I otherwise, right? Authority isn't a feeling. Authority, you look in the scriptures, if you're a believer in Christ, you have authority. Faith is not a feeling. Do sometimes, will you feel more faith for things than others? Absolutely. But our faith is not based on a feeling. Just like love is not based on a feeling. Do I feel loving and kind to my wife the majority of the time? Yes. Is there sometimes that love is a choice for her? Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's sometimes you have to choose to love. It's not always a feeling, right? Authority is the same way. You've been given authority by God, and we need to exercise that authority as believers. Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27, Jesus says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. So Jesus receives the authority and then he gives it to us. It says, John 3, 35, it says, the Father loves the Son and he has given all things into his hands. So Jesus is the ultimate authority. He's the supreme authority. And in John 17, 2, he says this. He says, Jesus is praying. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son might glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. So Jesus has ultimate authority. And last week we talked about uh, Titus 2.11, and we're gonna put it up here. Um, it, it says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. Salvation, that's kind of a funny word. What does that mean? Salvation is basically that you are saved from your sins. The penalty of sin for you and I is death, right? If I do something wrong, I have to pay a penalty, right? My buddy that's the police officer. If I do something wrong, it's his job to enforce the penalty for the wrong that was done based on what the judge brings down, right? And so Jesus says, hey, I paid the price for all that, and I'm giving you salvation. I'm giving you this, this thing where you get to be set free, that the wages of the sin, the pay for the, your sin, is actually death. But I died, I paid for that so that you don't have to. And he says, so I've brought salvation to everybody, and it says there, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people in Titus 2.11. Salvation right there is soteria in the Greek, and it means literally salvation, healing, and deliverance, right? So when Jesus looks at the man and he says, your sins are forgiven, it's this, in his mind, it's the same. I'm saying you're forgiven, but I'm also saying you're healed. I'm saying you're delivered, right? Salvation has appeared to all men. So that Salvation isn't just for some people. No, salvation is for every person that believes in Jesus. Same thing with that. Healing, deliverance is for every single person that put their faith in Jesus. So when you look at Jesus, the Bible says that he's the, he's the visible image of an invisible God. People say, well, what, what, does God, what, does, what does God think of me? Well, look at what Jesus said about you. What does God want to do in my life? Well, look at what Jesus said and look at what Jesus did in the lives of everybody around him right? He went around doing good and he healed all. He went around doing good and healing all. That God wants, no matter where you're at today in your spiritual journey, and we're all on a journey, nobody's arrived. You know, God corrects, he loves us all, and he corrects us wherever we're at in our journey. And the goal is, though, with him correcting you, it's to bring closer relationship to you. And really, the believer's authority, it really, it really comes down to this, is walking closely with God and then carrying out the mission that God has placed in our hands 
as believers. And so Jesus is the picture, when, uh, picture of this. When he, when he healed the sick, when he cleansed the leper, he, he showed that he was exercising authority over that sickness. When he calmed the storm and he walked on water, he showed, I have authority over nature, right? When he cast out demons, he exercised authority over the forces of darkness. He forgave sin and he exercised authority over that sin. He, he raised the dead and awarded eternal life, exercising authority over life and death. He even surrendered his own life and took it up again. Jesus, at one point, cursed the fig tree and it dried up from the roots. He multiplied loaves and fishes, feeding thousands of people. He caused fishermen to be able to catch more fish than they could even handle. And when it came time to pay the temple tax, they grabbed a fish and pulled the coin out of its mouth, Right? Jesus is the picture of how we as believers are to live and the authority that he has called us to walk in. So let me give you a little bit of foundation on the believer's authority. And by the way, this is not a, an exhaustive study, uh, you know, one hit wonder message that we're just gonna go super deep into the believer's authority. Uh, you can literally preach on this until Jesus comes back and you would not exhaust all of the scriptures and all of the revelations surrounding the authority that we have in, as believers. But hopefully, every single message you hear when you're at this church, you're getting a glimpse of the authority you have and a challenge and an encouragement to walk in that authority. So this isn't necessarily an exhaustive study that we're doing this morning. This is a little bit more of kind of an appetizer, if you will. It's kind of like laying the foundation. The goal of this is to get you hungry enough to go look in the scriptures and be like, I wanna see what the Bible, does the Bible really say that? And I want, you know, that's the heartbeat. So if you, if you take away anything from this message, the goal is that when you read this, that you would be encouraged to go to the scriptures, gain it for yourself, and then you obey whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do in any circumstance that he might, he might put you in. Uh, the other day, I'm at the car wash, and I'm going through the car wash, and there was a guy that was helping me and making sure, you know, you drive onto the rails, you know, and he's telling me, you know, this way, that way, and then as he turned, he's walking with a limp going back, and I'm like, dude, I'm preaching on healing I have to ask this guy if he needs prayer, right? You know, I'm like, the Lord set me up here. And so I rolled down my window right before I'm going in, hoping that I don't get wet, you know? Rolled down my window, and I'm like, hey, man, I said, what's going on with you? Is it your leg or your hip? And he's like, oh, my hip. And he had some broken English, and he's like, my hip, it's, it's been really sore, and the doctors can't really help me and everything. Like, I'm, like, I'm like, man, can I pray for you? Can I, would it be okay if I prayed that, that your hip would be healed? And he says, uh, pray? And I said, yeah, pray, pray, you know, and he goes, okay. And so he leans into my car, and I'm leaning out through my car, and I'm laying hands praying for the guy, and I get done praying, in Jesus' name, amen, and like that, it's like, eh, you know, and my car takes off in neutral. I'm like, I hope it worked, you know. It's, but no matter where God places you, like, we all have the ability to walk in the authority, and just try, just take a step of faith, just try it, just, God, what, what do you want me to do today? What's an area in my life? Who's somebody that you would bring across my path that I could pray for? I, I've yet, there's only been, actually, I, I, I was about to say, I've yet to meet somebody that would deny prayer. I've had two people in my life when I asked for if I could pray for them that said, no, I don't want your prayer. But the majority of the people are gonna say yes and just pray. You're like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really good at praying. Just lay hands on them and say, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would be touched with everything that God wants you to have, Amen. I mean, it doesn't have to be a fancy prayer. Just, just pray for somebody. Reach out. If you're a believer in Christ, you have been given that authority. The devil wants to try to rob you of that authority. 
The devil wants to convince you your prayers don't matter, but the Bible says your prayers matter. The, the prayers of a righteous person, if you're right before God, you're righteous. So the prayers of a righteous person, that they actually carry weight. They have power. They're effective. All right, so Genesis 1-1. So where does this authority come from? Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, so God created. He prepared. He formed. He fashioned, right? And everything that God created, he created with his words, except for man. When it came to man, he fashioned man with his own hands and breathed life into men. Okay, Everything else he created with his words. He spoke. He created in the words. So that's Genesis one now I want to bring you to John chapter 1, and I want to show you how this parallels Jesus. So John's writing about, the apostle John, he's writing about Jesus, says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, God, he was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Jesus was creating during creation. That's what he was doing. Through him, all things were created, including you and I. We were created. It says Genesis, though, back to Genesis. So then in verse 26, it says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion, that's authority, over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he, cre he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. It doesn't sound like he's asking you a question, right? He's giving them a command. This is a truth that is also a command. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish or the sea, the birds, the heavens, over every living thing that moves on earth. You're gonna be given dominion, all right? So God gives man dominion because of man's disobedience. He, he, he's carrying the ball and he fumbles. Satan picks it up and starts running with it, right? So now Satan has dominion over the earth and that's a whole nother teaching. But essentially, you know, people say, why, why do good things, or why do bad things happen to good people, right? Well, that's not God's plan. We're looking at it the wrong way. There, Satan has dominion over certain areas, but you and I have been given authority to usurp him and to kick him out. And that's what we are called to do as believers. So whether it's sickness, disease, anxiety, depression, um, issues in purity, uh, marital problems, anger management problems, whatever it might be, you have the authority as a follower of Christ to kick that thing out of your life, to take the authority back, say, no, that's not me. I'm a new creature in Christ. The old me has passed away. Behold, all things have become new, right? Like we're gonna be quoting over all these people that are getting baptized today. And, and so we've been given that authority. So our job duties, if you will, is like what Jesus did. Go around doing good and healing everybody. That's the job duties of the church. That's a beautiful looking church if we're going around doing good and healing everybody, amen. So God commands them, he says, hey, I created all this for you. And now I'm giving you power and authority to rule and reign over creation. And God is not a man that he can lie. In Psalms 89 it says this. It says, I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. So when God says he gives you authority and power, he means it. 
Now we can choose to use that for good, we can use the power that we've been given, or we can use that for bad. And some people, the Bible talks about there's wise people, there's foolish people, and there's evil people. How many know there's still some evil people on the planet right now today that are doing some very evil things, right? There's some foolish people that listen to the evil people that just kind of and go along with whatever the evil people tell them to do, right? And then there's the wise people. The wise people are like the men of Isaacar that talks about in whatever, Second Chronicles. But the, the men of Isaacar where they, they could see what was going on, the signs of the times, and they knew what to do. Authentic church, we're gonna be people that will know what to do. But God says, I'm not gonna violate my covenant. So when God speaks, he forms a covenant. For us, when you speak, when you're at the altar saying I do to your precious bride, you're forming a covenant with your words, right? So God says, I'm, I'm not gonna violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth. Hebrews 1.3 says this, it says, he upholds, Jesus upholds all things by the word of his power. And the same power, the same authority that manifests in Jesus is now available to us as believers. Jesus said this in John 14.12, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. In Luke 10, 19, Jesus now is sharing that authority. He's given that. He's giving an encouragement to his disciples. And he says to them, behold, I give you, authentic church, the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus, these are his words. He's telling them. Now, there's, there, there is a teaching that's in the body of Christ is sensationism, and what it does is basically saying, hey, that's cool, Jesus did that with the disciples, but when the last disciple died, which would have been John, um, he, the guy just wouldn't die, and then finally he died. When that last disciple finally died, they said, well, then all that power is gone. But that, that, that's poor doctrine. I'll just be transparent with you. I'd encourage you to go and look it up for yourself if you disagree. That's just poor doctrine because you look all throughout the New Testament and there was story after story of people being touched and healed and delivered. And just the sign of the hands for those of you that are believers in Jesus, just quick poll of the audience here. How many of you have ever been touched by healing? It could be as simple as a headache or something in your back or a hip or an ankle, Right? Keep your hands up, just nice and high. Ever been, right? So did it pass away? No, right? <laughs> it's, you know, an atheist can argue with me all day long, but if they experience the power of God, suddenly they're a believer, right? You know, it's like, you know, nobody can argue with your testimony of what God has done in your life. That's why it's so important to remember your testimony. That's so, it's so important to share your testimony. Even sometimes it's painful to share your testimony, some of the hard stuff maybe that you've gone through, but when you glorify God by what he brought you through, you're actually handing a key to a person that needs that key to open up the jail that they found themselves locked in, and your testimony is gonna open the door for them to come out. Jesus says in Mark 16, 17 through 18, he says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it's not gonna hurt them. So this healing anointing. I mean, Jesus was so powerful. Think about this. He didn't necessarily pray 
for healing. He just rebuked it, right? Sometimes we pray, and I've been guilty of this before. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, will you just please heal my back? Ow, ow, right? My back this or whatever, whatever the ailment might be. But you look through the scriptures, you never see Jesus or the disciples doing that. Uh, Jesus walks in and Peter's mom, she's, you know, she's got fever and a headache, she's not feeling well, and then Jesus rebukes it. He just rebukes the sickness off of her. And then she gets up and starts waiting on him, right? When the disciples are walking by uh, the, the, the beautiful gate, they just said, silver or gold, I don't have what I do have in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. They don't, oh Lord, Jesus, please help this man walk. Will you please touch him, God? No, 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 God's saying, I've given you the authority. You touch him. You say to him, get up and walk. In Jesus' name, we rebuke this sickness. In Jesus' name, we cast this out. And you have the power, just like we talked about in Genesis where God created with his words, you have the power to create things with your words. My question is, what are you saying, right? If you're only talking about, oh, I feel so sick, or you know, it's, I, you know, it's, just, the, it's just the way I am. My dad struggled with anger, I struggle with anger, right? I, depression runs in my family, that's a popular one, right? Yeah, I'm just down at depression runs. No, don't speak that. Speak the word of God over that, you know? No, come on. Matthew 10.1, so Jesus, this is the first scripture God ever spoke to me about. Matthew 10.1, when, when Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to do what? To pray them out? No, to cast them out. To heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. In the Greek and the Hebrew, all still means all. Like it's all done. Whatever you have need of, it's all done. In Mark 16, 18, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover, right? That's a promise. That's a promise from God. So let's walk in it. John 20, verse 21, Jesus says this. He says, all right, church, I know you've been loving following me and you love seeing all these miracles, but guess what? You're in the game. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He's sending you, church, no matter what area of life you're in, you don't need a microphone or a pulpit or a guitar or whatever. No, no, he's sending you to the guy at the car wash. He's sending you to your barista that you go to at the coffee shop. He's sending you to that coworker that can kind of drive you nuts. Start praying for them five to 10 minutes a day and you're gonna have different eyes when you look at them on Monday morning, all right? And he's sending you, he's sending me, he's sending us. That we're not just gonna, you know, uh, I had this thought this, this, this week. God, God told me, he said, Jeff, tell the people I want them to stop going to church. I'm like, uh, okay, I feel like this isn't what I think it is. <laughs> and he says, no, stop tell them to stop going to church. Tell them to start being the church. That the church of Jesus Christ is a powerful church. A church isn't a place where I just physically show up, I spiritually show up, you know what I mean? And when I go forth from here, like, I mean, Fawn and I, we moved here two years ago from Texas. And the funny joke is we're the only people that moved from Texas to California in the last two years, you know? But we feel we're missionaries. And for any of you that are believers in Christ, this is not your home. This is your home to have dominion. Yeah, sure, take authority, dominion, et cetera, to further advance the kingdom of God, absolutely. But you have an eternal home that's much bigger and much more important than this place that we're living right now. You got a better body that's waiting for you than the one that you're living in. <laughs> Some of you people are like, yes, thank you, God. No more Cain's chicken. Matthew 10, seven through eight. 
Jesus said this. He says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. If you're sitting here today, the kingdom of heaven is near. You may not have a relationship with Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is near. Today is your day. The kingdom of heaven is near. It's time for you to stop running. It's time for you to turn to him and go all in for Jesus. There is no such thing as a part-time Christian. There's no, you're either all in or you're all out. God said, you're, you're, I don't want lukewarm. I wish that you either be cold. If you're not hot, then be cold. Lukewarm, he says in Revelation, I spit you out of my mouth. And that's a, that's a harsh, it sounds really, really harsh, you know. And, but, but it's a visual, it's a picture that, hey, look, I, this doesn't fill me. You ever drink soup or something like that that you thought was hot and it was cold? You're like, ugh, you know? Like there's that one Italian soup that's supposed to be cold. Like, I don't know, some of you Italians, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know the name of that soup. What is it? Gaspaccio? That sounds like the mafia, Gaspaccio. <laughs> Gestapo. <laughs> Whatever it is. You know the soup, the cold soup. I remember tasting that one time from this Italian family. I'm like, the soup's cold. They're like, it's supposed to be that way. I'm like, Next course, please. <laughs> but go and announce. Go and announce. The kingdom of heaven is near. If you're here today, I'm telling you, the kingdom of heaven is here. It's here for you. Jesus is here for you. He's reaching out his hand, and he's saying, I brought you here today to invite you into a relationship with me. Will you receive it? Will you just receive it? And I'm telling you right now, once you've tasted and experienced what you've tasted and experienced today, it's not gonna get easier from you. The way God is, when he brings you into a situation like this and we still run, then God just sends more of his crazy Christian army to like confront you everywhere. Then you're the guy at the gas station and you're like, oh man, another Christian's coming up to me. You're the priest that's like, oh, somebody else is offering to pray for me. Suddenly, they're just gonna come out of the woodwork, man, like ants marching. They're, they're on a mission. The Holy Spirit is gonna send them to you because God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to live a life apart from him. He doesn't want you to breathe your last breath and not have an eternal relationship with him. No, God wants you to have a relationship with him. So all to say that the scriptures are clear, are clear in this, that it's God's will to heal, forgive, set free, and make whole. And one of the things that we've been doing over the course of the summer in the, this Jesus People series is we've been uh, showing a few clips from this TV show called The Chosen. And uh, the, the, the Chosen series, it's, a, it's an artist's rendition, if you will, of the life of Jesus. It's beautiful, it's awesome, super grateful to them through some relationships we have. We have it, we can uh, film it or stream it today, but uh, you can scan that QR code. Dallas Jenkins, the producer, we got permission to be able to show it, um, to be able to show it to you and also just give it to you. If you've not seen it, it's awesome. I highly encourage you to, to watch it. We're gonna take a look at that scripture that we just read where they tear through the roof of the house and they lower the man down. We're gonna, we're gonna take a look at this. And again, this is an artist's rendition, but hopefully it further illustrates and, and shows the, just the beauty of this moment. Go ahead and roll that. And if it were nighttime, Zebedee wouldn't light his lamp and put it under a basket. He put it on the stand where he could light us all. Jesus of Nazareth! Over there! Yes. I saw what you did to the leopard on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leopard. Oh, 
wanted. Get out your tablet at least. Harry! Is he in danger? I don't know. No, I don't think so. He's got room in there? Yes. Can you believe we're really here for this? Yes. authority do you teach? Answer me. If you are willing, Rabbi, you know you can. Hey, I'm talking to you. By whom do you teach? Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you, and so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed. Is that awesome or what? <laughs> We're going to have Isaac come and join us up front. 
And we're going to close out this time with a, a moment of communion. And, um, you know, a few takeaways, kind of some thoughts after seeing that, is if you want to experience the power of Jesus in your life, it really begins with just getting in proximity to the, the source of that power. Just getting in proximity. They, they, they thought if we could just get in proximity, if we could just get near him, he has the power to heal. If you're here today and you need healing in your body, I want to let you know the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that healed a paralyzed man is in this room today. And we would love to believe with you for your healing. We had time last week where we had multiple healings up front. We had people that had clarity of thought come back, where it was just kind of foggy with some stuff. We had people whose knees were all achy and sore and see those get healed. We had people whose backs got healed. I mean, God is a healing God. And, 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 and this should be common practice for us as believers, according to the scriptures, according to what we just read. So two key thoughts. Number one, getting in proximity to the source of the power is essential for the life of the believer. It's getting close to Jesus and also getting close to his people, which is why we just need to get together every Sunday, that it's a priority in our house. You know, Matt, no, no matter what's going on in life, if I'm home and I'm not traveling, man, I'm in, I'm in the house of God. And it's not always that I come to church because maybe I needed something. No, I just want to come and give God glory and worship him. When I look at all that he blessed me with all week long in my life and in all that he's doing, the least I could do is come and spend a couple hours in worshiping him and seeing the family of God. This is the family of God. And the second aspect, the second key point is to then take the appropriate action with your faith. What, what action step is God calling you to take today? Some of you are going all in and you're gonna be baptized and it's gonna be a holy moment that's gonna forever mark your life. Some of you today, maybe you've never even heard this outline the way that we talked about Jesus or who is this Jesus guy, who is this God man, and you're saying, I don't know where I'm at, but I, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that he rose from the dead, I believe. And I wanna, I wanna know him more. It, if that's you, it would be my honor to walk with you as a pastor and help you in your journey. And it starts with a simple just belief in your heart that you confess with your mouth. Jesus, I believe in you. I, I, I believe in you. I want to know you more. Show yourself to me. And then I would encourage you to come back next week and let's get together this week. Not, let's not make it a one time a week type of a deal. If you're like me, I can wander pretty quickly if I'm not in the presence of God. I, I need more than just a Sunday experience. I need those daily encounters, those daily encounters, and he wants to have that with you. So we're going to take a moment before we go into baptisms, and we're going to have a time of communion this morning. Jesus said, whenever you do this, don't do this religiously. Don't do it haphazardly. When you do it, I want you to think about what you're doing. When you do this, and every time you do it, do it in remembrance of me. So we're going to make space now. We have communion laid out underneath both of the televisions. You can just make your way up. You can grab one of those. 
And if you'd like prayer for anything today, I'm gonna be right here and I'd be honored to pray with you. Whatever's going on in your life, I would be honored to grab hands with you. My wife is up here with me as well. Some of the prayer team will join us as well. And we would be honored to pray with you. Whatever's going on, we wanna stand with you. If you need healing this morning, we wanna pray and believe for your healing. If you need to get right with God this morning, I wanna pray with you into that relationship. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.